this week and this is the first one in a series called Steps to Easter and this morning we're looking at recognizing our need. Now for anyone who doesn't know what Lent is it's already been mentioned this morning um, I thought I'd give you a quick overview because these terms can be confusing. Lent is traditionally the six weeks leading up to Easter. It's 40 days but we don't count the Sundays so don't be confused by that. And where Advent is normally a joyous time of anticipating Christmas and marking Jesus's birth, Lent is traditionally more reflective before we mark Jesus's resurrection, a death and resurrection. So it's Lent can be a time and an opportunity for contemplation and reflection. There are echoes of Passover in the Jewish tradition and of Jesus's 40 days and nights in the desert. Lent can be a time of fasting and prayer. It can be a time of giving something up. It can be also be a time of increased Bible reading or prayerfulness or even taking something up for doing special acts or works of good carried out intentionally over those 40 days. So that's an overview of Lent. Today we begin with recognizing our need. Let's pray before we continue and we're going to say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Great. So you had a sneak preview just now. We're going to begin at the end of my sermon. If we think about steps towards Easter, we're in church we're recognising our need in recognising our need as individuals and together as his church, as his community, as the body of his people. The one common need we all have that we will get to is Jesus. Without hesitation, reservation, deviation, we all need Jesus. And I think you'd know that that is the answer we get to. But for now, Let's go back to the beginning of my message today and go back to the beginning of recognising our need. Now, I want to step out of church for a moment. Think of it like looking out of the windows of the building. Abraham Maslow was a psychologist who studied human behaviour. He developed a widely accepted triangle of human need known as the hierarchy of human needs. In this theory, Maslow suggested that we humans had basic needs which needed to be fulfilled in order to us for, to progress and achieve our best in life. So again, in case you're not aware of this, I'm going to give you a quick overview and I have made it child appropriate. So at the base, it starts at the bottom. So we're starting in the purple section at the bottom. At the base of our pyramid, 
around biological and physiological needs for air, water, food, shelter, sleep, warmth. Then Maslow says the next level of need is safety, security, perhaps employment, protection from elements, stability, freedom from fear. Our third level of need, says Maslow, is love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, which can be platonic, but trust and acceptance, knowing we're secure in relationships, receiving and giving affection and love and being part of community. The fourth level is self-esteem or self-worth. Essentially, it's respect. It's being given and being able to show, demonstrate respect for others. Having recognition, strength and freedom. Ultimately, us being secure in who we are. And for Maslow, these all have to come in place before we can reach the pinnacle of his theory, which is self-actualization. Basically, the desire to be who we can, expressing ourselves freely, but with consideration for others too. Now, why am I talking about a psychologist on a Sunday morning? Because this theory is not without its critics and was recognised as Maslow as not being straightforward and linear and doesn't always work in that order. But it does still stand as a valid theory. And because we as human beings do have human needs. So for the rest of the service, I've reversed the order. I'm beginning at the bottom of Maslow's pyramid. We have, as human beings, a need for basic provision, for water, food, shelter, sleep. A need for safety on both a physical level and a psychological level. We have a need for respect from others and being able to demonstrate respect to others. A place to nurture and to be growing. We have a need for love and connectedness with others, whether that's often or occasional, whether that's physically demonstrated or more restrained. And on some level, I think I would agree that we all need to be able to express ourselves and be all we can be. That's the ideal. But the thing Maslow doesn't include, and I haven't included here, is a spiritual element. There's no mention of God. Now, to be fair, Maslow was an atheist. So God or Jesus wouldn't have been an essential need for him. But where does God fit in this scheme or is this scheme irrelevant when we look at scripture? What's our need when we look at Jesus's teaching, when we look at the Bible? So let's go through and look from a biblical perspective. And we're going to stay in Matthew throughout. So if you want to open your Bibles, if you've got your Bible nearby, I'm going to begin in Matthew 6. So let's go with the first one, a basic provision. Matthew 6, verse 25 to 27. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? There's a recognition of people's concern, of maybe a need for food and drink and clothing. But the teaching is not to worry about it. Not to, not to obsess and overwhelm ourselves with this concern. Does this mean we should never shop? That dinner will just arrive at our doorstep every day? Does it mean we shouldn't ever work and do our own to, to bring th- food and supplies home? No. We should do our part, but we should not worry about it. We should not carry extra burden on top of these things. And this is part of Jesus's um, large teaching at the beginning of the book of Matthew. And part of it is about not storing up treasures which are beyond our use, but to seek God in all things. So that's our basic provision. What about a need for safety? Well, let's go forwards two chapters to Matthew 8. And it's verses 23 to 27. And you'll recognise this passage, very familiar of the disciples and Jesus in a boat during a storm. So verse 23, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Again, there's a recognition of the disciples' fear for their safety, but a teaching to have faith, to trust in Jesus, to trust in God. So does this mean we decline our vaccine invitation or we don't get treatment when we are poorly? No, we take precautions, we live with care, we are thankful for the learning and wisdom around us, and we don't test God. But we do have faith in him too. We don't worry and stress. And I've said these things knowing that I am listening too, and I am learning in this too. If we go into the next week a little less worried and carrying less stress and we cast it onto him, he hears us and he holds us. So can anyone remember what was next? I wish we were in the building and I could ask you and you could tell me. I'd know who was with me. The next is a need for respect from and to others. And we make a bigger jump this time to Matthew 18. Starting at verse 21, just reading 21 and 22. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, 
I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And then I've included the note that says for some versions, it would read or 70 times seven, which I did the maths is 490. That's a lot of forgiveness. That's a lot of accepting apologies. That's a lot of patience. And this is not just us needing that patience. It's us needing to give that patience to others, to show that respect to our brothers and sisters in Christ, our brothers and sisters, our neighbours in the world. It's a reminder to me that we should be growing the fruit of the spirit from Galatians. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Then we go on to a need for connectedness. Matthew 22, verses 36 to 40. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. As we've seen already, there's a connectedness not only to God, but in that a connectedness to one another. Finally, the one that's maybe a bit, a bit on the edge for us. A need to be all we can. And I go right to the end of Matthew's gospel to 28, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Is what I'm going to read. You've got 19 and 20 on screen. So verse 16 says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Christ. To be all we can be is to, to fulfil this commission and to know we are not alone. Throughout our lives, Jesus, God, through the Holy Spirit, is with us always. So to summarise this far. In recognising our need to know Jesus. We know Jesus and we are provided for. We're not to worry. We know Jesus and we can be safe and secure in the knowledge that we are loved and part of his kingdom. In knowing Jesus, we respect God and our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. In knowing Jesus, we connect with our Heavenly Father through Jesus. And then we are connected to the love of God 
and called to love our neighbour. And in our need to know Jesus, we are called to live out our, our call as children of God. And just in case you're still unsure about the importance of these things, for my final thoughts, I just want to take you right back in Matthew to chapter four, to the temptation of Jesus. And this also reflects the time we're living through, the time of Lent. So Jesus has been led into the desert after his baptism, he's been led to be tempted, or some versions will say tested, in the desert. And we begin at, so it's chapter four, we begin at verse two. When he is tempted, it says in scripture, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The humanity of God, he was hungry. Humanity of Christ. Verse three, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus replied, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then in verse six. It said, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift up their hands so that you will not strike foot against stone. Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the final temptation in verse nine. Jesus is taken to a high tower and shown all the land before him and offered it. All this I will give you, he says, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus answered him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Or him only. Finally, within the temptation of Jesus, in verse 11, then the devil left him. And angels came and attended to him. So we have Jesus tempted or tested on his need for food, on his desire for safety, on his respect for God and whether he wanted the power for himself and the connection, the reconnection with God. And that connection with God through the angelic in that we're reminded that Jesus is one with God part of the precious trinity of God with the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of Lent over Easter, we will be reminded through his death on the cross and his resurrection that Jesus became all he came to be, the fulfilment of scripture and the fulfilment of our need. And through his life and teaching, he challenges us, commissions us to share his teaching, to live out our calling, all of us, where we are privileged to be all we can in him. Through the Holy Spirit, we are heirs and inheritors of his glorious life in God's kingdom. So I encourage you to reconnect, to connect with Jesus. 
to recognize your need for him, to trust him <coughs> and to know him, that in knowing Jesus, you will grow to know God. Let's have a moment of silence and then we will close as we began with the Lord's Prayer. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.